Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You watched them. You cheered for them. Maybe you booed them. You listened to them. You were impressed by them. Today, they share their favorite memories with you. It's the Give Me a Sense podcast. Here's your host, Mike Yam. I couldn't be more excited about what is about to transpire on the Give Me a Sense podcast. And by the way, quick thank you to everyone who has consistently been rating, reviewing, and subscribing. I can't tell you how much of a difference that is actually making with regard to iTunes. Not to dork out, but there's some sort of secret algorithm that Apple uses and those factors actually make a difference. But today's guest, I want to get on to uh, what we have in store for you. And I've made reference to his podcast numerous times. I have said this to him his podcast is the reason why I started my podcast, truly one of the most creative people uh, that I have ever met, Yogi Roth, who's one of our analysts at the Pac-12 Network, um, spends plenty of time on the set with me. He was on Pete Carroll's staff at USC, which is where we're going to dive into, not to mention being a wide receiver at Pitt. Larry Fitzgerald, if I'm not mistaken, not only a teammate, Yogi, but a roommate. Yeah, I was kind of that guy that I think um, had to keep everybody in line. They, that way, they saw that as my skill set outside of like hands or route running. So Antonio Bryant was my first two years. Wow, it was a little bit of trouble off the field, but a Blitnikoff Award winner. Yeah, yeah. And then Larry was my last two years. So both of them beat me out, which was miserable. But uh, they both won the Blitnikoff, it, so that was good. It's all good. Now I want to set the 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 table for everyone here. We are in Eugene, Oregon. So I know this is a little weird because if you're listening to the the podcast, Rich Rodriguez was our last guest. We haven't even made our way to Arizona. We're pre taped this one because this is Yogi's last stop here in Eugene. We are actually in my rental car. We, I just Yogi was kind enough to have me on his podcast. We did that one outside. My microphone could not handle the wind. Uh, so we are in my rental car right now. We're about to go and do our show in about 15, 20 minutes. But there, Yogi, you're going to come back because I actually want to do like a real deal podcast with you. I know we were both saying the same exact thing, but we wanted to do it in person, which is the beauty of being on the training camp tour. But I think your unique story, it's I call it unique because it is, because you I made reference to you being so creative. I want to know how I think people understand if you play football at the division one level like you did at Pitt, the coaching path kind of makes sense, but how in the world does a kid from the East Coast end up in Los Angeles working for Pete Carroll? Great question. I love the setting, by the way. The uh, Your pod <laughs> setup is, is beautiful. I'm going to take a picture for this just so we can put it out one day. Uh, but no, man, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I always fell in love with the ocean, so I was always going to find my way to the beach. I knew that was going to happen, no-brainer. No and I, as I was growing up, I can remember watching the Jets, and this is super weird, but I remember seeing Pete on the sideline. I was like, man, that guy looks really cool. And I remember the Marino play where he fakes the yeah. spike and they beat him. And for whatever reason, I always thought he was sweet. So I go to Pitt, and uh, my first day I walk in. I'm a walk-on, which is like, you know, I was preferred walk-ons. That means they, like, give you, like, a locker, and you get to go to training camp. But I went in early. Like, I went in in the summer. I was there in the spring. I was like, I have to find every advantage over other incoming freshman scholarship receivers or other guys there because the only thing that I could really 
handle was uh, or control was my work ethic. And day one, I met a guy named Brendan Carroll, who's Pete's son. And he was a tight end uh, who just transferred in from the University of Delaware. And uh, he was just like the coolest dude, like just had this vibe about him. And uh, he took me under his wing, like literally from day one I got there and uh, we started hanging out and didn't even really make the connection to Pete. Um, I think that year, the year after that, Pete was let go from New England and uh, he was around a little bit, but I, don't even, I never really met him. Um, he take, gets a job at SC, uh, Brennan's a couple years older than me, starts GAing, starts coaching up there, I start to visit. I'm like, whoa, number one, Manhattan Beach, mom, why don't we grow up here? Because it's no joke. ridiculous. Uh, but two, I just started having a bond with Pete. And I can remember our first night together, uh, we all went out and went to dinner and we sat next to each other and he goes, what do you want to do in life? And I said, I just want to be great um, and influence the world in a cool way. And he goes, all right, cool. He goes, and I'm 19 at the time. And he goes, uh, Yogi, don't worry about the competition. Don't worry about climbing up rung after rung after rung in this perceived ladder of success. Just create value. And if you do that, you'll leapfrog the competition. Meaning, whatever task you have, just go try to be the best in the world at it. And focus on that versus focusing on working at ESPN or being a head coach at Pitt. Just focus on that. And, uh, yeah, that's how we met. And I graduated and uh, went and played in Australia. And I'll never forget, I'm doing broadcasting. And I'm teaching, and I'm getting my master's in education at Pitt. And he calls me one night at midnight, and they had just beaten Oklahoma's, you know, what off in the Orange Bowl to win the Natty. He goes, "Hey, uh, what do you think about coming out?" And I was like, "I don't want to coach. I'll do anything, but I don't want to coach," because I knew the life that that was. He goes, "Yeah, no worries. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, you do like recruiting or whatever." And I was like, "I just want to go to grad school. Like, can you guys take care of that?" Because I knew if you were a graduate assistant, yeah. you get free grad school and SC at this ridiculous communication school. He goes, "Yeah, let's work on it." So. He says, uh, call me back tomorrow, but don't call me back too late. Don't call me too early, but just call me tomorrow morning. So here I am, like, what time should I call? <laughs> like, I'm calling the head coach at USC yeah. who just won back-to-back -back national championships. And I'm driving around, and I had, like, average service in Pittsburgh. And I drive to a hill where I have, like, the best service. And I'm like, I'm going to call him at noon on the docks. He's like, yeah, just like, around 9, like, whatever. And I call him at 9 Pacific time, and he answers, and he's right out of bed. And he's like... Yeah, hello. And I was like, Coach, hey, it's you. Oh, my God. Like, I felt so awkward. I'm sweating. I'm like... But that seems like a normal time to call a coach, right? Yeah, I but mean, they had been going hard. Like, they just won the natty. Like, coaches are exhausted. All yeah. It was his one day off to sleep in. Oh, and I didn't want to miss out on the job. Like, I don't yeah. know who I'm competing against. I wanted to be early. You know, I knew all the rules that, that Pete had for his program. And the third rule is be early. And, uh, and I'll never forget that phone call with him. And uh, they offered me the position. And literally, I... Peace on Pitt and said thank you and I was out in LA, you know, two weeks later. What 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 are you studying at grad school? At SC? Yeah. Communication management. And uh, I always looked at everything through the lens of and I love Kirk, Herb Street, and I always said I, I want to be Herbie. And I, I, I veer from that now, but at that yeah. age, um, I thought going to get my PhD in football from Pete Carroll, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Norm Chow had just been there, uh, Eddie Orgeron, Nick Holt, like former head coaches, future head coaches. I was like, this is a home run. Like, yeah. I have to go here, live in Hermosa, Manhattan Beach, go to school at the top communication school on the planet, maybe go coach, maybe jump into broadcasting. Either way, it was a win-win, and uh, I didn't even flinch, man. It was, it was a no-brainer. Well, one of the cool things about your podcast, the Life Without Limits podcast, is you draw all these stories. Uh, the idea of storytelling, I think people get it, and I, I certainly did, but I don't think I really got until I started working with you. Um, obviously, on set with us in the Pac-12 Network, you have this great ability to tell stories, to make your points, which I think resonate with anyone who's watching. But also, I, I bring up Pete Carroll, and I, I wanted to go that route with you because you actually 
wrote Pete's book, not to mention you've done your own projects as well, um, your documentaries, and, and the list goes on and on, the stuff that you do with Elite 11. How do you go from, like, how do you take it from football playing to football coaching to then storytelling, then broadcaster? Because, you know, I think one of the one of the cool themes in your podcast is the fact that people transform over time, right? I mean, you're the, you're the person you are at 19 is not the person who you are at 25, 35, and you're not 35 yet, but you get the point. Uh, I'm not 35 yet either, but it's I'm knocking on the door at that age. But I think back to my days as a high school you know, student to a college student to then post-college and just my journey and how my personality has changed throughout that time. It's a great question, man. Um, you know, my mom would tell you that I've always been a writer. I remember vividly her telling me this in the fourth grade. And on the first short story I ever wrote in the back where they say about the author, it said, uh, about Yogi Roth, um, he lives in Hawaii with his two sons and his dog, Max. And my mom always asked me, like, where's the wife? <laughs> you just live in Hawaii with your two sons and your dog, Max. Um, but <laughs> By the way, that story is very telling as I know get to know you now. So. Yeah, I know. We need to make a shift there. We need to make a pivot. <laughs> but... Um, I've always loved writing. For me, it's the only thing I would say is uh, like a natural skill set for me. Like some people, it's a jump shot. Some people, it's pitching. Um, for me, it's writing. You know, I just always, I've never been a planner. It's just come out of my fingers. Um, when I was coaching and I would write, whether it was practice scripts or whether I was writing, um, you know, little videos to create for the team for motivational tactics um, or it was a letter to a recruit, like it had always been the thing that came to me naturally. Everything else I've had to really work for. So... I've always just loved the idea of storytelling, to be quite honest. And as an athlete, I think when you play, um, you're you're constantly every year crafting a new story, right? You're either immortal and you win every game, or you die and you lose a game and you got to rebuild your life and your style and your season and come back and do it again the next year. And for me, I was the proverbial walk-on who got lucky and played as a freshman and started as a sophomore, got a scholarship. It was like I had this story, so I think I've always been drawn into it. I just wasn't exposed to the various elements from books to docs to films and once I got a taste of that in LA I started leaning that way I mean when I was coaching in the offseason I'd go to acting classes like wow this is really cool I mean this is a fun area of story and I think even being around Pete like every Friday night he would give the most epic speech like Obama style epic speech to our team that would have a narrative to it and I think that's what always motivates people and as an analyst now I look at it as I have three and a half hours every week to celebrate the game coach the viewer and share as many stories as possible so you just made reference to like these great pregame, postgame, whatever speeches that P. Carroll is making. Are those speeches, are they prepped? Are they off the top of yeah, his head? Yeah, a great question. Um, it'd be really funny because Pete's the kind of guy where he just goes and goes and goes. Kind of like you in terms of we can just keep moving. But he can find that quiet space and... We kind of call it like the space between the space, you know, sure. the space between the notes. Sometimes a musician would say is the best space. Like if I hit a key, a bing, and don't hit another one, that's the beautiful sound that resonates, and that's what you really feel. Um, I think for him, he's been able to maximize that space before he hits another note. So say note one is, all right, team meeting in an hour, he'd take 15 minutes, prep what he's going to say, and then dive in. And I think he's he's been the best I've ever seen in my life of being able to focus that way. And I think... In television, we have to do that. Sometimes we just get a commercial break and we have to dive in of what's the narrative we want to say because this happened on the last drive or this happened in the last segment or whatever it may have been. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, 
I, I was definitely enamored with that element of him. And, and of course, I've always loved the motivation side. All right. So next time you're on the podcast, I know we're going to, I want to talk more about sort of the creative Yogi Roth, but the Yogi that I work with is one that's a football centric, football oriented guy. And I think one of the cool aspects of your job is the fact that you get to go and do both, get to do studio with me where you're, I think personality really shines for analysts when they do studio versus doing games. Now you get to do both of those things. We're on the road. It's our training camp tour. Um, you're, you're still grinding. You're doing your podcast. We did ours, uh, your, your podcast. I did yours earlier today, but I, what's it, what's life like on the road? Because I think I get it from a play by play perspective, from talking to a lot of my friends that do that aspect of it. But from an analyst perspective that doesn't get to stay home on the weekends always, that's gotta be, you know, from a social also environment, that's gotta be kind of tough. You know, it's the greatest job I've ever had. You know, this is my eighth year calling games. I think it's my eight plus four. This is my 16th year in major college football. Yeah. You know, um, it's just part of me, you know, and I love it. I think it's the greatest thing ever. You know, literally Thursdays, I'm on the road early in the morning. I'm taking the first flight out, um, and I'm trying to get to practice. I'm trying to be around student-athletes. I'm trying to get on campus. The Pac-12, thankfully, allows, you know, they set up so I can go speak at classes. I get to go be around just regular students. Sure. Um, and just get a vibe for what it's like to be young. So I remember my first year calling games. It was hilarious because it was Sam Ponder and I and Steve Fiziak were a crew. Steve is the voice of the Royal Sam, obviously crushing in a college game day. And her and I would go to, like, Kansas, Kansas State. And we roll around campus on those, like, Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. We'd go even Wednesdays. We had nothing to do, right, to your point of no social life. And um, I think as you get older, you try to protect some of your time a little bit more. So for me, you know, Wednesdays I really enjoy. But I, I love the craft, man. I, I tell our boss, you know, totally all the time, like, August 1 to signing day, you got me. 24-7, wear me out. And it's on me to, to, to get re-energized. And it's not hard when you get on campus. All right, what's the best part about the job? Because I, you just mentioned one thing, and I know you enjoy it, but I also am wondering if it's something else that you enjoy more. I, I, I literally, before every broadcast, I have on my call sheet, I have two notes, okay. and they say, celebrate the game, and I think it's the greatest game in the history of, the, history of sport, and coach the viewer. And I love that. So that's being a football nerd and being able to coach my mom on what cover two is, and she's an expert in that right now, and also celebrating as many stories as I possibly can while sharing this incredible game. So I got three and a half hours. It's why I wouldn't want to be necessarily Tom Rinaldi or just do the story side yeah. because for three and a half hours, I get to be the guy. Like, I'm the only analyst. There's not even somebody to contradict me. Um, so to me, I, I love those two things. And, and I remind myself that because it does a nice job of making sure it's not about you as an analyst. You know, it's not about how cool my phrase can be or how smart I sound or I want to prove how much work I've done. I think early in my career... There was an element of not enough confidence, so I'd have to say, well, studying film this week, I saw this, this, and this. I don't say that anymore. I just say, we're seeing this, yep. and I think that's growth that I've gotten um, just from doing it and, and great reps. Did being on campus or being on campus in general, talking to students, does that give you a better appreciation of your job? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes, uh, and I've been around analysts and, and play-by-play guys specifically who have a lot of jobs. And they roll in, you go to the coaches' meeting Friday, Peace call the out. game Saturday, and you're out. And that's great, and it, totally. Like, guys are on the grind. But my job, I think, Saturdays is truly to, to paint a picture of what is happening here at Oregon. I'm calling that week one against UC Davis. Like, I need to give you a holistic view of this campus, who, by the way, is on the quarter system. Kids aren't here in school yet. i got to paint that picture a little bit. And I, I take great pride in 
knowing football as well as uh, you know as well as I possibly can, yeah. but also knowing this campus and this community. And if I'm not on those things, then I don't think I'm doing enough a uh, good enough job. All right, what's the best professional experience? Because on my side, I could tell you about the jobs. You know, there's this hashtag that's trending, right? Like first seven jobs. Have you mm, seen that one no, out there? So like people have been listing their first seven jobs, and I started thinking back to at least mine. I mean, it's lifeguard, it's shoe salesman, H and R block receptionist. I had to pay for some proms <laughs> back in the day, and it just reminds me of some of those things. And yet, your professional experience, and I'm sure you had those jobs when you were in high school and whatnot, but there's broadcaster and there's also coach, right? Yeah. I mean, so what's what are those moments that stand out? Oh man, well, there's. I mean, my first job, uh, one of my early jobs, I was a bat boy for the Phillies AAA team. No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I, I'll tell that story next time. It's epic. It's the first time I was like, oh, I could be a pro athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah I walked into the clubhouse and I saw the catcher. He was basically like Mitch from Major League. His knees ice, shoulders ice. He's watching an adult video with a, <laughs> with a chew in and a beer in his hand, and I'm like 13. I'm like this is a pro athlete like I can, I can do this, this yeah. no problem uh, but no I got exposed to pro athletes early on at that level but coaching uh you know I get asked this a lot of why I left and I left because I fell in love with it you know, I was sleeping in the office every night um I, I knew what my life was going to be you know I, I can I knew the next couple steps you know you're quarterback coach and at UW with Sark or wherever you're an OC hopefully and you get a chance to be the head coach somewhere and for me my dream job has always been to go to Pitt um but that life was so consistent and when I looked at older mentors whether it's Pat Rule who is an old line coach now with the Seahawks who's with us or Pete who had been coached for 35 almost 40 years now I said man I don't want every year to be similar you know and as a coach everything is so regimented which is great but I wanted a little bit more freedom because I had more curiosities you know I, the analogy I always say is if I'm at the Venice Pier looking at land I'm a coach I got to focus on the land if I want to start peeking at the waves I got to get out of the profession because I'm not giving enough respect to the job in recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. And I can't want to look at the ocean. So I took off and I wanted to see the world. So to me, broadcasting allows me to, in the football season, I grind. And when it's off season, I'm out. If you won the lotto, would you still be doing this? Oh, my God. I would <laughs> be careful how I couch this, yeah. but I would, pay, I would pay us to do this. Yeah. You know, I'd pay my bosses to allow me to do this. You know, if I was paying, I might I'm going to edit this like, out for you. I might ask for, like, uh, yeah. the national championship game <laughs> if I'm paying for it. But, uh. No, man, it's, it honestly moves me every weekend to go to a game. Um, and and it's, I feel the same way in the studio. The studio is great because you get to be analytical. You get to look back yeah. and be like, actually, I was way wrong about that third down call that I thought was right when I was there. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I would sign a 30-year contract today. Isn't know? that crazy? Because how many friends do you have that if you ask them that question, they would give you the most ridiculous face and say, are you kidding me? I'd never go back. Yeah. I just, I don't know, because people ask me that all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's still work. Are you kidding me? Like, this is... Yeah, no, no doubt. I'd call games. I mean, I wouldn't do any of my other stuff, yeah. probably. I'd probably... Oh, so you wouldn't work with me, is what you're saying. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I would do the football season. I, I think you. my off season, yeah. I think I would I'd be a little shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Will you signing day? You'd still do signing day? Yeah, I do signing day. Oh, I love okay. signing day. That's like I, the building of programs. It, all right, this is, I, I need to paint this picture for everyone. So signing day is, in a lot of ways, for, all right, from the coach's perspective, I mean, hell, you were, you were on the staff, right? So, to me... It, is that like the like the Super Bowl almost in a lot of ways of the off season? I don't know. I mean, I think the Super Bowl is like this amazing buildup, and it's so exciting. You just let it rip. I think this is like. But don't you think recruiting is that? It's like a buildup. I think they're so nervous. You know, being on those okay. staffs, like you're never letting you're 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 not controlling anything. You know, you're just waiting by a, a still a fax machine for yeah. some unknown godly reason. Um, 
I don't think there's as much enjoyment. Like I, I tr- we talked about this on my cat, my podcast when you were on there. Life without limits. Rate it. Subscribe. Review if yeah, you want. Please on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> uh, Black Talk Radio. Yeah, but I think that in signing day, it's a lot of exhaling. Like, whew, we got my yam. Yeah, thank God, I, I worked so hard no, to get it. It's a problem first. if that's the case. <laughs> the Super Bowl. I mean, unless you're going for back to back ones or three in a row, like I don't think you feel that. Like, oh, just let the take a breath after you win. I think it's more of like. We are here. I get to be Bon Jovi. I'm on con- on stage. Let me let it rip. All right. What about from the analyst perspective? Because here's the story that I want to yeah, tell. For me, it's it's a Super Bowl. Okay. I good. Mean. All right. So we do our signing day show, and I, I'm I'm telling you, when people ask me this all the time, how do you prep for your job? And I always say, and then people start talking, hey, you must be checking out like all the high school recruiting services and all that stuff. And I say, to be honest with you, I I, I don't. I mean, I'm just gonna full disclosure. I I don't do that during the college football season. That's just not happening. There's too much between actual football that's happening in the conference and around the country. And then when basketball season starts, there's that crossover and I am just totally inundated on that stuff. So what I like to do is call it like the, the cram session. It's like studying for the SATs uh, for like two weeks and then trying to ace the exam is how I describe it for myself. Now, is that the right approach? I have no idea, but it's just how I budget the time. Uh, I don't know if I can do signing day without Yogi Roth. And here's what I'm going to explain to you. How many times, how many of, if you work for, all right, I work for Pac-12 Network, and I tell me the guy that is the hardcore Oregon fan, is he going to have any idea about the recruit that's going to Arizona? I mean, there's just too many guys that are out there. And yet for you, Yogi, it's over 300 players that you're evaluating. And I, I want to, Yogi has an Excel spreadsheet with every team. He's got his own personal rankings and ratings. How in the world can you possibly figure out and budget the time to not only evaluate these guys, come up with an evaluation, but also go and talk to a lot of their families. I mean, cause that's the other thing you come onto the set and you're like, Oh, I talked to his mom the other day. And like, she's totally geeked out about X, Y, and Z. And like three of us will do like a double take and just say, did you say his mom? He talked to that person too. Like, how does that happen? Well, you know, you said it on my podcast. I asked you about what it's like to be the face of the PAC 12 network. You know, I look at it as, um, you know, I luckily get paid to do this job. It's A, it's my responsibility to the employer. If I'm going to show up on set, like, I'm going to kill it. B, it's my responsibility to our producer and our crew. And I, and I mean that. There's a reason why after every show I go to see everyone on the crew because they bust their tail and nobody sure. sees them creating the graphics, etc. So I got to come correct. And, and thirdly, I always say this whether I, whenever I do a film or a call in a game, I want the coach or the player to be like, yeah, that's exactly right. So if I went in and just said, okay, let's talk Oregon because we're here, and I was just going to talk about their two big names in recruiting that everybody knows, I think that's amateur hour, to be quite honest. And I think I'm disrespecting the game. And my whole thing is when a coach thinks he's bigger than the game, they're on the verge of getting fired. And if an analyst thinks he's bigger than the game, then he's probably going to get bounced as well. So for me, I'll never think that. So I do the work. And I think the players um, have earned that. So those are the three main reasons but also I love it like I dive in and I want to evaluate every kid I want to find the hidden gem and I want you to tune in to say okay he's going to give us something that I can't get anywhere else and, and I believe that I think that some people like I know I'm not a big name you tune in to listen to a big name but I, I hope that you stay because of the stuff that I'm saying and I have to win with knowledge so um, I try to do that and ho- hopefully some of it comes across do you, do you think people though like who's the analyst that is must see television for you well, I watch three guys and study three three guys, and 
one is uh, Trent Dilfer in studio. Sure. I don't know if there's anybody better. Sure. Uh, Herbie, he's got um, not only on games, I think he's so likable. He's so calm. He's a great tempo in terms of when to bring it up, when to bring it down, and obviously doing the game day. To me, that's the dream job, and we're going to do that a little bit this year with our Friday night show, and then me calling a game. Um, you could see it on the Pac-12 network with Sports Report. And then Collinsworth, because he does such a job, a nice job with the X's and O's and the Telestrator. So those are the three must-watches uh, for me as an analyst standpoint. But deciding that you, you have to do that work. like, And if I don't, then I'm screwed. And Okay, why do it? Well, let's just take this example. Yeah. To prepare for tonight's show at Oregon, I've gone, and if I open up my folder, I'd have the last few recruiting classes that I evaluated, so then I could watch practice and say, oh, oh I, I remember, remember this guy. kid. Yep. Then I can go to my notes, like I'm going to go to with Charles Nelson and talk about what he was like in 2014 when he committed over Bama, over sure. Florida, over Notre Dame, and talk about his athleticism, how they stole him out of Florida, from out of Seabreeze. Like, to me... Those are antidotes that take you a step further. Anybody can say Charles Nelson, two-way player, explosive. they got to find a way to get him involved. My mom could say that. Any analyst at any network can say that. That isn't good enough, and that's not what's going to raise our game as a network. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I think, especially on signing day, make it, oh, my God, this place came correct. And uh, and I take a big responsibility to be the – I don't think – I would never say I'm a lead dog, but in that show, there's no doubt. And i got to make sure that the, the stage and the – expectation is set that high. If you come on our set, you better come for real and know all the kids that are there. All right. I feel bad because I feel like this is a rush job. We are about 15 minutes away from interviewing Mark Helfrich for our show on the Pac-12 Network, our Oregon training camp tour. So I'm going to leave you on this because you're going to come on in a couple weeks. And actually, we're going to do this again in person because once again, we're in a, a uh, I don't it's a Hyundai. I don't know what kind a sweet of car. A Santa Fe maybe. It's 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 a very nice car. Um, but I'm going to leave you on this. So you have your podcast, Life Without Limits. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Block Talk Radio. Why do you start a, start a podcast? I'll be short. I am obsessed with story. I think if somebody asked me to describe yourself, you know, what do you do um, without being pompous, I would say like a storyteller. And I look at calling games. My job is to tell the game, the X's and O's, in a story form. Tell kids in a story form. Love documentaries. Started with books. Did photography this offseason in Cuba. I'm trying to understand different elements of story. And podcasting to me is a great one because you get to be really long. You get to go there with people. Um, and I get to be selfish and seek my curiosities. You know, I get to interview everybody from a feng shui guru to <laughs> you to I'm coming up now. I got the director of uh, an incredible movie, um, uh, you know, incredible, incredible animated movie. Like I get to kind of go across the board and um, yeah, the purpose of it is to explore what, what, what it means to be human. And I think to be human, it means to go for it. And that's kind of always been my spirit, I think. All right, so Yogi Roth, once again, you can find him Pac-12 Network, Life Without Limits uh, podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Block Talk Radio. Anything else you want to plug? I'm going to throw it out there. I mean, check out Life in a Walk. It keeps rolling, man. I can't yeah. believe it. Delta Flights, um, I, I appreciate all the love on that. But no, Mike, it's the last, man. Let's, let's keep rolling. You no, know, and we're going to talk about your documentary next time you come on. Once again, Yogi Roth, can't thank you enough for, for spending some time with us in Hyundai in the parking lot uh, just outside uh, Hudson Stadium. So, ton of fun. You can catch us on, on the Pac-12 Network. Before we wrap things up, once again, cannot thank you enough for uh, subscribing and listening to this podcast. And uh, we got some other ones that are coming up here over the next few weeks. want to throw out Mike Hill's name from FS1, one of my dear friends, Kevin Connors, who is a uh, sports center anchor over at ESPN. He's going to be joining the podcast. Glenn Parker, one of our other analysts, our colleagues at the Pac-12 Network, want to talk to him about his NFL playing days. Guy's played in a couple Super Bowls 
Bowls as well. Talked to him about his experiences with the Bills and Jim Kelly. So once again, thank you so much for listening and continue to rate, subscribe, and review the Give Me a Sense podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.